Good morning, I'm Earl Stewart. I welcome you to Earl Stewart on Cars, a live talk show all about how to buy, lease, maintain, or repair your car without being ripped off by a car dealer. With me in the studio is Nancy Stewart, my wife, co-host, and a strong consumer advocate, especially for our female listeners. We also have Rick Kearney, an expert on how to keep your car running right. I dare you to ask a question that Rick can't answer about the mechanics or electronics of your car. Also with us is my son, Stu Stewart, our link to cyber space through Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Periscope. Stu is also the Spymaster Director of our Mystery Shopping Report. He dispatches our secret shopper weekly to an unsuspecting South Florida dealership. And now, on with the show. Good morning, everybody. We're back. We're live. We're here in the studio, and we're here to help you out there in car buying land all over the world. I say that literally. Uh, We are international now. And uh, we're here to uh, listen to you as well as advise you. I always start the show off by reminding you how important your calls are and your YouTube post and your Facebook post and your Twitter post and uh, texting. Uh, We have just about every avenue of communication available, open to you, to get your thoughts across to us. A very special uh, avenue of communication, which nobody has, as far as I know, and it's called youranonymousfeedback.com. That used to be, for a while there, it became our number one source of input, and uh, I was surprised, frankly, be, that it became so popular, but you go to this URL, uh, www.youranonymousfeedback.com, Y-O-U-R-A-N-O-N-Y-M-O-U-S, feedback. Com. And if you comment, criticize, praise, uh, you can even get nasty if you want to. Profanity and vulgarity uh, is permitted, <laughs> but I won't read it that way. I'll put expletive deleted or something like that. But uh, the point is, your privacy is totally protected. Some people just like the fact that uh, they can make a comment and just not have to have a uh, dialogue about it. A lot of people just want to say, this is the way I feel, and then you want to go home. So uh, youranonymousfeedback.com is open, and we'll read it on the air, along with our text at 772-497-6530. Of course, this is the area code, 772-497-6530. And we kind of build a uh, <coughs> archive uh, weekly, and we get to it before the end of the show. So we'll read your text before the end of the show, and we'll read your, your anonymous feedbacks before the end of the show. But our most popular line is still our telephones, uh, the old-fashioned telephones. Gosh, I never thought I'd be saying that. Uh, I mean, telephone used to be, particularly cell phones, were exciting, and now calls are almost, uh, you know, incidental. But not on talk radio. Talk radio... They're really the lifeblood. It's a personality. Uh, you know, you can you listen to a voice, and our human, uh, I think our brain is attuned to forming opinions based on uh, tone and volume and accent. And, you know, it's important. It's your personality. So call us at 877-960-9960, 877-960-9960. Give us a call. And uh, we will uh, prioritize you because I think we've only got three or four, five, maybe four uh, incoming lines. 
And uh, we've been getting a lot of calls recently. I mean, it's amazing the number of calls. We've actually had to, uh, you know, do a little tap dance uh, to get back to our text and our anonymous feedbacks at times because the calls, and that's good. We have a lot of regular callers. We encourage you to call the regular calls. We encourage you. And uh, new callers, especially females. And uh, we have Nancy Stewart, my co-host, that is in charge of keeping our uh, female callers up equal to our male callers. It's important because women have a different view of things than men. That's the way it is. That's life. Uh, and that's the way it should be. Uh, and I don't want to finish this live introduction without mentioning Rick Kearney, who is our certified diagnostic master technician, who can almost literally answer any question about issues you may have with your car, mechanically, electronically, uh, computer-wise. Rick has got the answer for you. And uh, rarely will you ever stump Rick. Yeah, it's, uh, and if you do stump Rick, then he has a backup called Colonel Google. We will go to Google. And we do that openly because Google is a wonderful thing. And it's got all the answers. So I use Google all the time. So between Rick and Google, there's not a question you can answer us, ask us about uh, the mechanics or electronics of your car that we cannot answer. And I've got Stu Stewart, my son. Uh, my eldest son sitting across from me now, and uh, he's in charge of our mystery shopping report. He's also the active general manager of our real live car dealership that we have, and we've had for a long time, 47 years, is that it? It's Earl Stewart Toyota. And uh, we don't advertise. This is not an infomercial, uh, uh, but we use that knowledge we have of, a lot of people are critical of car dealers, but they're not car dealers. I'm a car dealer who's critical of car dealers, which I'll never be elected president of the Florida Automobile Dealers Association or the National Automobile Dealers Association. I'm not real popular with car dealers because I call a spade a spade. I, I, I call it the way I see it. and uh, uh, I am a consumer advocate. I Googled myself the other day, and in addition to a car dealer, I was very happy to say I'm a consumer advocate. So uh, Google thinks I'm okay. Uh, made me feel good. Um, let me uh, introduce Nancy Stewart, my co-host, and uh, she's got a little special incentive for you ladies out there. If you haven't called the show before, listen carefully. There are no strings attached, and she'll tell you all about this. Thank you, Mr. Wonderful. Yeah, you're welcome. Mike, hit it. Are you there? Mike? Okay. It, it's time. I hear music. I'm starting to get sleepy. <laughs> Earl. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Earl. Happy birthday to you. And many oh, more. Thank you very much. Happy birthday. Oh, you love you, Mr. Wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, nobody wished me happy birthday. You're when 76 I biological years old today. You saw the tears in my <laughs> rolling down my tree. <laughs> we were talking about that in the car. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> we were yeah. discussing our feel fit. We're huh. in competition with each other. <clears throat> anyway, uh, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, I do have to say how exciting it is to uh, talk about us being 
across the globe. And uh, because of uh, Jonathan's research, uh, we did find out that it reaches far, far. Well, let's say past Bali. So I feel good about that. Uh, this morning for the ladies, I do have $50. $50 for the first two lady callers. We love hearing from the ladies. And you can share your car purchasing experience, servicing, anything at all, anything. We can learn from you. So give us a call toll free at 877-960-9960. And don't forget, as Earl said, your anonymous feedback.com. And back to the recovering car dealer. Well, thank you very much. That was, uh, you know, the older you get, I guess the less excited you get about your birthdays. But you know, I'm I'm thankful that I'm here, and I think I still have my marbles. And, uh, <laughs> Most of them. You know, it'd be exciting if I lost my marbles right here on live radio. I mean, you could be witness to to me uh, babbling incoherently. And, start the uh, gibberish. <laughs> that's the reason I have. That's the reason I have Stu on Thanks, with me in case I you know. Can, I can take over quickly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, anyway, it's an exciting time to be. Um, a consumer advocate. Uh, it's also an exciting time, a profitable time to be a car dealer. And so this is the reason I'm having more fun with the show now than I normally do uh, with this whole COVID era. We're going through unprecedented profitability for the auto manufacturers, unprecedented uh, profitability for the car dealers, and unprecedented high prices for you. And so uh, I feel important now. I feel, I feel very important because I can really help you, uh, and so can Rick, and so can Stu, and so can Nancy, and we love to hear you uh, call in uh, with your questions about buying a car. Our advice for you, before I go to uh, uh, Rick, uh, I'm going to ask Rick uh, uh, something in just a second, but uh, before uh, before I go to Rick, uh, my advice to you is don't buy a car today. He said, whoa, wait a minute. Uh, this guy's a car dealer. He's got a car dealership, and he's telling me not to buy a car. Well, you got to be honest. If you're going to be a consumer advocate, you you got to tell the truth. The truth is, it's a terrible time to buy a newer used car. I wish you could sit in on our management meetings on Wednesdays. Uh, we have a Zoom management meeting, and uh, you'd be surprised how giddy and happy everybody is with all the all the money everybody's making because cars are selling at uh, unprecedentedly high prices. Used cars, uh, unprecedented high prices. Used cars are actually, some of them, selling uh, over what their sticker price was when they were new. That's hard to believe. Mm-hmm. I, one of the Facebook groups I'm in, I actually saw where a salesman had put a post that a, a fellow had bought the last 21 Jeep Wrangler that they had on their lot, manual windows, crank up windows, manual transmission, for $35,000. A year before that, he had bought the identical basic vehicle, 21, crank up windows, manual transmission. He had driven it 15,000 miles and then sold it to CarMax when he bought this new one for $44,000. Hard to believe. That's crazy. I, wow. every, every time I hear the stories, I, I question, but it's true. And so you have to be careful out there, folks. So, um, Sue? Here's something that I just learned about. Toyota Vero Beach, uh, the week before last, sent 40 new vehicles to the auction and sold them all at the auction 
for up to $11,000 over MSRP. You know, if I didn't know you were my son, I'd say you were kidding me. I'm not kidding you. Wow. And it's, uh, we're, we've been scratching our heads trying to figure out because, uh, folks, if you're listening, <laughs> there's, there's big penalties uh, for doing things like that. So they will get, right now in the middle of an inventory crisis, uh, they're gambling that things will get better before they get these chargebacks, which means they'll lose cars. They won't be able to get as many cars to sell uh, <laughs> uh, down the road uh, <laughs> when Toyota finds out about this. That's so, amazing. So I, I, I just, I could see selling two or three, but they actually sold 40, 40, 40. over MSRP. We took the VINs that sold, uh, put them in Dealer Daily, which is our computer system with Toyota, and saw uh, the cost on the cars and what they brought, each one brought. Yeah. Uh, some were 3000 over, some were over 11000 over MSRP. Yeah. Well, that that ought to get your attention, and uh, if uh, if you're thinking, if you have to buy a car, of course you're going to buy a car, and you should. I mean, I, I spoke to a woman the other day, she totaled her car, insurance company gave her a real good price, and uh, she did buy a car, and she paid a lot of money for the car. So, if you have to buy a car, then listen carefully to the rest of the show, we'll give you some tips how you can buy a car as low as... If it's a new car, as low as MSRP. Absolutely. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I must take the opportunity to mention uh, what Earl has done uh, in this uh, auto industry. There was a time when I didn't even want to admit that I was part of this industry. And a time came along where everything changed. And Earl, I, I really believe he doesn't realize the impact that he has made on the auto industry and uh, there are so many of you listeners uh, buyers about people that have had service and they are thankful that the auto industry has been changed by earl stewart and i did have to say that it's very very important it's alive and uh, he's doing more and more and more to help you call us share your story with us 877-960-9960 or you can text us at 772-497-6530 uh, and we're expecting a call by the way from Barry O'Brien uh, who is uh, used to be on the radio uh, he's, uh, he's a friend and uh, he posted on Facebook uh, a situation about a car that he leased and it's such an amazing story I asked him to call so uh, Nancy be looking for Barry O'Brien's call and we want to get him on the air. Noted. He said he would call today, and that would be great. Uh, Rick, the question I was going to ask you is uh, we talk about car prices, and we talk about uh, used car, new car prices being in historic highs. Uh, how, are, uh, how do you see the service business now? Do you see uh, in your community of uh, techs, do you see uh, uh, real busy, high prices? Uh, is there a big difference in the service end of the business? Right now, we're we're actually a little slow in the service department for the last week or so. But Interesting. The last couple of years, we do see a lot more people taking better care of their used cars. Their the the cars they have, they're more willing to do repairs rather than simply trade in to go to something else because mm -hmm. there's nothing else available. So, you know, it's 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 almost a scary situation because I can guarantee a lot of shops. We'll be looking to take advantage of that. Yeah, it used to be the other way. The service department used to be the money-making machine, and uh, you know, you go back a few years, and the new car department, the used car department, were very competitive. 
you made money in used cars, but you broke even and new, mm-hmm. and uh, service is where you made all your money. And the cars today are becoming so uh, reliable, and uh, they're, they're really, if you just do your factory recommended maintenance, it's very inexpensive, and the repairs are, are less. So the service departments are actually a little safer place than they used to be. Yeah, but I, I can see now, bear in mind, folks, there is a very real potential now where for folks while going into a service department in their mindset, knowing that new cars and used cars are not available to buy. Mm-hmm. So the car that they have, yeah. they're going to repair it. So I can see a lot of other shops probably being willing to take advantage of that mindset yeah. and saying, well, you need this, 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 and this, and this. Sure. Because the people are going to be more willing to repair that car because they know they can't simply go and get rid of that one and get a different car. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's go to Stu, and he is our uh, mystery shopping uh, overseer, and uh, he is also uh, managing the text and the uh, Facebooks and our anonymous feedbacks. That's right. Um, it was kind of a neat to do our mystery shop this week because we had recently shopped. Uh, we shopped Palm Beach Toyota. And we had shopped them back in July, and uh, even though in July we were still we were kind of like in the in the earlier stages of the inventory crisis, um, and it's a wholly different world. So what the the results that we uh, that we that we got this week uh, were uh, it's just very interesting. Let's put it that way. I don't want to give anything away. I don't want to say it was surprising, but it was uh, it's just it's just strange how quickly the landscape is changing on a monthly basis during this pandemic. Palm Beach Toyota is a Penske store, publicly uh, traded on the stock exchange. They're uh, number two or number three in size in terms of uh, publicly owned auto groups, and they have all different makes of cars. They're all over the United States. Uh, They're one of the largest uh, Toyota dealers. They're, uh, I think they're right up there, whatever, number six or seven, and and South Florida Florida has got all the huge uh, car dealers. I think they're one of the largest yeah, South Florida and L.A., yeah. those, those are the two biggest. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, it's just crazy because I'll admit prior to the pandemic, it, things started to get a little routine for me because <laughs> the same things keep happening. Now everything has changed, and it's just been uh, it's been a delight to serve you with these mystery shopping reports. <laughs> I just want to say that. All right. It's been a delight to have you here. Thank you very much. With and, that said, oh, go ahead. And I might add, uh, we are waiting for phone calls. Take advantage, 877-960-9960. And don't forget, ladies, $50. $50 for the first two new lady callers. And as promised last week by Earl, he did write a great column that addresses a lot of bad credit today and the car dealers taking advantage of that. And pandemics, bad credit, and car buying. Check it out. Hometown News and the Florida Weekly, and of course, at Earl on Cars. Now back to Stu. All right, well, let's uh, kick it off with Anne-Marie's text. Um, always the first text of the day. Anne-Marie says, good morning. Toyotas have a reputation for being well-built and lasting a long time. Taking into account your years of experience with Toyotas, what model and year would you consider to be the best vehicle Toyota has ever made? Or to put it another way, what metal lasted the longest with the fewest repairs here in South Florida? And there's a follow-up question, and we'll, I'll get that after. I think this is probably more of a Rick question, because my opinions on the best cars are completely subjective and not probably based on styling and not on reliability. That's the way my brain works. 
So well, maybe I, well, yeah, I'm Rick interested would. in Rick's too, but let me let me guess because Rick knows yeah. better than I. I would say, in terms of uh, the best overall car that Toyota has ever built, uh, consistently and um, pop with popularity and so on and so forth, I would say would be the Prius. She wants to know the model year. Oh, the model year. Well, that's a, I didn't realize the model From year. From 2004 to 2022. Yeah, oh, it would have to be. It had to be the 22. But yeah. uh, Rick, from a mechanical standpoint of cars that I see, the least repairs, not counting maintenance, but the least repairs, any year of a Toyota Corolla. Yeah. Prius lately, um, we've actually been seeing a lot of them starting to have issues as they get older, 8, 10 years, 12 years, with coolant leaking into the cylinders. Um, when you buy a hybrid, if you're going to keep it for a long, long, long time, you're almost pretty much guaranteed that in about 12 to 15 years, it's going to need a hybrid battery. Uh, there are certain things that are going to wear out on hybrids, but Toyota Corollas, for some reason, Throughout the years, other than the maintenance wear items, brakes, tires, belts, filters, very little seems to break on them. They are just they're 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 like the the tortoise. They don't have an actual lifespan. If barring injury, a tortoise can almost live forever. The same thing with a Corolla. <laughs> I uh, better than like a Camry. Tortoises. Camry would that be number two? Camry would probably be second. Tacoma. Now we've had issues with Tacomas. Uh, Tacomas have had their issues, but Tacomas would high. Uh, and I, I will say yes. I am a bit prejudiced on this because I love Tacoma pickups, and I would say to, uh, Tacoma would but be. Was a, not like there was a year with competing with Camry for yeah, right. for a second. Yeah. Okay, well we get to because there's a follow up yeah, question. The follow up question is: What's the worst <laughs> problematic Toyota that we've uh, ever encountered in our experience? The worst one. Mm. Well, I'd say like the FJ Cruiser is like a is a yeah. conflicted one. It from a design and a fun mm. and people love it like a Jeep is a great car. It was it was difficult to drive and had terrible visibility and I don't know if there was any mechanical yeah. issues they, with it or not. They really didn't have a lot of mechanical issues. They just simply had a love hate relationship with the look of them, the design yeah. of them. Yeah, but it was hard to see. They had little tiny windows. Oh yeah, yeah. They were they were horrendous that way. All right. Well, thank you, Emory. This was another excellent uh, question. You see, it, it sparked a debate and, and deep thought and contemplation, and I'm still thinking about it, because uh, but we can't go on. <laughs> Earl would stop me. So we'll go to the next step here. Um, well, here's a, a text here just letting us know about there's a um, Ford uh, in Orlando, uh, Greenway Kia or Greenway Ford. They have tons of hidden fees and deceptions, and they've been directing uh, their folks up there in, in the Apopka area to go to Mullinax. Uh, Ford and Popka, and that was the first uh, dealership that we mystery shopped that had absolutely no dealer fee whatsoever, zero. You know, I, I just had a thought. I hate to say it on the air because it'll probably it might tip them off, but strangely enough, uh, we we tip dealers off all the time, and they seem to fall asleep. It would be fun to mystery shop Toyota Vero Beach when they were selling their cars at auction for over sticker. I wonder what they're charging customers if they're getting. Over sticker at the uh, auctions. I, I don't know, but I'd also wonder what their what their salespeople thought as their available inventory just drove yeah. away on, on trucks. Yeah. That'd be a huge morale problem. Uh, next text. Uh, everybody's got this on their minds. Uh, when will be a good time? Uh, when will a good time to buy come? Especially now that inflation is here. 
Yeah, that's it's a tough question. Uh, no crystal ball. Uh, the only thing I can say with certainty is that it will be better every day. Uh, we've already seen the turn. Uh, the the upward spiral in prices has stopped, and the uh, we're we're now arcing down a little bit. Uh, if you look hard, you can buy a car for pretty close to MSRP, which almost sounds like a joke. I hear myself say it, and I choke on those words, but it's true. But when you've been paying three, four thousand, and forty thousand dollars, yes. Uh, there was a Toyota dealer charging $40,000 over MSRP uh, for RAV4s. Uh, if you're going to uh, uh, look at relative, relative uh, trends, we're in a good downward trend now. So 30 days from now, you'll get a better price than you do today. 60 days, you'll get even better. And 90 days, it will be even better than that. But I can't be real predictive. The only thing I can say is... Whatever time you choose to buy it, be sure you shop and compare. You need to take uh, your best out-the-door price to the other dealers of that brand and give them the opportunity to beat it. And they will, they will if they have the mind to, they will. They want to get the business and they want to make the sale. That's the, most, uh, that's the strongest incentive you can get for a car dealer to cut his price. Shop and compare with at least three other dealers. Um, I have something to say about the uh, best cars, and I love Consumer Report. And recently they uh, had some information about the best, the 10 best performing cars. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, take a look at that, and it will open your eyes. I'm going to interrupt Stu and go to the phones, and we have a regular caller from LaBelle, and that is Dawn. Good morning, Don. Hey, good morning, everybody. Good morning. I have a question about, yeah, I have a question about the uh, lifetime battery, which I guess Toyota is doing. And um, from what I saw on the Internet, which is very little, it appears it's a different brand of battery than your typical interstate battery. Is that true? Uh, no, they're actually made by interstate for Toyota. Okay. Now, another question then, is it worthwhile to, well, it, it looked like what I saw was from another dealer on, online, but it looked like it was $200 or something. Is that for all the batteries? Because I have a hybrid Camry, and I thought the hybrid 12-volt uh, battery was way more than the regular battery. Uh, I would. Ha I cannot speak myself to the price on it. We'd have to check with our parts department. Um, but I, I think the 12-volt battery for the hybrids, is a little bit more expensive than the regular ones, even for the lifetime version. Because they have to, bear in mind, the 12 volt battery on most of those is inside the car. So it cannot be a battery that allows gas to escape uh, like a normal car battery does. You wouldn't want that battery gases building up inside your car, uh, light a cigarette and boom, you've got 4th of July. So uh, they're especially sealed batteries and they're a gel type battery. So they are a little more expensive for that. Yeah, and I'd read uh, somewhere online about changing out that uh, battery. That there's uh, on the Toyota battery. There's some kind of thing, or you can buy an aftermarket battery apparently. But there's something on the uh, OEM battery that you take off or put on. It's I don't know something to do with the venting or or what. But there was something peculiar. Does that sound familiar at all? Two items. There's a little vent hose that has to go into the, actually plugs into a little port on the battery. 
And there's also a temperature sensor on that 12-volt battery. Oh, maybe it was a temperature sensor because this has been a while since I read that, but somehow you have to either take it off or put it on from the old battery or something rather. So it seemed a little complicated for do it yourself or to do that. Could could an individual do their own battery replacement, or it's better to go to the dealer? Oh, it, it's very easy to do. It's not a not a difficult process at all. It does take a little bit, of, you know, a few minutes of time. There's the actual, you know, an extra connector there with the little sensor, but it's really not difficult. And when you take that, uh, disconnect that battery, are you supposed to actually uh, connect a different or another battery to the system so that you don't lose your memory somehow? No, we don't recommend that because temp, uh, voltage variations could cause issues more than simply disconnecting the battery and then reconnecting it. Um, just make sure that the ignition and everything is turned off before you disconnect that battery. And then when you disconnect it and reconnect it, the modern cars, even the clocks on most of them, automatically reset to the correct time. Your radio does not lose memory anymore. Uh, the windows don't even need to be reinitialized. You know, the power windows for automatic up and down. Everything has its own uh, standalone memory. And so there's really no issues caused by that. Oh, okay, yeah, because I have a 212, and, and I, of course, all the stuff you read online, you never know what to believe and not to believe. So that's the problem. Yep, yep. Well, a lot of it, you get old information mixed with new, and people will remember you know, cars from back in the 2000s when you had to reinitialize each individual window and your sunroof and reset the clock, reset all your radio stations. And so a lot of this stuff is that old memory carried over, and it gets mixed up with a lot of the new information and causes confusion. Yeah. Okay, well, I uh, wait to hear your mystery report, and thank you very much for the info. Thank you very Anytime. much, Don. I got a question. Thanks, Don. Up on Don's, uh, uh, what, is, what does lifetime battery mean? Toyota has, produced, has come out now with a 12-volt battery that is a lifetime warranty. They're, uh, they're doing batteries for life instead of us now. Yeah, it's basically it's... The battery has a, uh, there is a certain amount of time for prorate, um, but as long as that particular owner owns that car, that battery is warrantied for life. So when it goes dead, you get another, you get battery? another battery? Yep. Wow, I didn't even know that. Yeah. Yep. How long have we been doing that? Hmm. A couple of years. About two years now. Shows you I'm not on top of things anymore. Huh. So as long uh, as you own that deal. car. Batteries for life. That's right. Early, early. And, and they're paying for it this time. Yeah, <laughs> Any, anyone that could be on we, top of we everything had to drop that goes it on got in too a dealership, yeah. <laughs> anybody that could stay on top of everything in a dealership would have to be an Android. I mean, a, a computerized brain. It's there's so I, I, much. I have now. no idea what's going on. It's insane. <laughs> there yeah. you have it, folks. Free information. Is that amazing? Give us a call toll free at eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty, and don't forget your anonymous feedback, and also you can text us 772-497-6530. We're going to go back to the phones where we have a, a regular caller, and uh, that's John from Palm City. Good morning, John. Good morning to everyone. Batteries seem to be on my mind with a question for Rick, and I'll tell you how the situation come up. They're still short of the popular-sized batteries. For some reason, they don't have them in stock, and the, the, the ones that are so basic, like 24F or whatever, 
at Walmart, he told me a big shortage of them. But let me tell you an interesting story that the Walmart manager told me. People have put a bat. One person put a battery in the car, and it was too high. He was kind of desperate, couldn't get the one that fit. And believe it or not, Rick will mention what it can do to the electrical system. It was too high, so it hit the bottom of the hood, which is metal, and it shorted the whole thing out. Oh, so fireworks! A major problem right there. <laughs> But here's another problem. A guy recently bought the battery back. Batteries have top terminals and side terminals. Now, Rick will tell you, the side terminals has a bolt that goes into the side of the battery. God forbid you should over-tighten that bolt. It goes into a lead sleeve. So does Rick have any solution? If somebody over-tightened that, is there any way that could be fixed or the battery is void? Uh, the only way really to repair that would be to actually, you'd have to put lead in there and try to thread a bolt back in. Um, my own trick, I would use an e, uh, what's known as a, uh, uh, oh, come on now. Uh, I haven't used them in so many years now. It's basically a thread replacement where you kind of carefully drill it out, cut larger threads, and you put the, an insert in. That gives you new threads. Probably be more expensive than a new battery. Yeah, those even well, they're not super expensive, but they are a little time I mean, consuming to install. Labor. Uh, for a mechanic to do it, it it almost be better to put a new battery. If yeah. it, if it stripped out that lead that badly, myself, my other trick, I would cut a little piece of copper wire, like from household wiring, stick that in the hole and put the bolt down in and let that take up the gap and let it cut new threads right into that lead. Hmm. New ideas. In, in your it. opinion, as a mechanic, don't you think that there's better connection with the top terminals that they're bigger and fatter than the small side terminals Absolutely. attached to it? Absolutely. <clears throat> the second thing I want to discuss is they're talking about shortages because of the chips of the new cars. Well, people forget another major reason is the getting the drivers that deliver these cars to a dealer. Hmm. You want to see an experience, anybody that didn't, watch the poor guy, he's on the truck alone, that has to unload these new cars with the responsibility not only of driving it with traffic and um, expressways, but when he gets there, what a procedure with lowering and raising hydraulic lifts with all the cars that are attached to it. And this is a true story that I observed years ago at a Chevy dealer on Long Island, the delivery man and Howard would appreciate this living in the Bronx. <laughs> he had two cars that he had to drop off in the Bronx before he brought them to Long Island. And he got off at Cross Bronx Expressway and Jerome Avenue and got hung up over an elevated train line. Uh, and bingo, the wow. top cars, two of them, damaged unbelievable mm. amount of damage. Oh, it was scraped on a steel train elevated line how do tracks, so, truckers do that it's, it's, it's there a sign usually that says how ability of a yeah. driver usually they're alone uh, and rick and your experience has a car ever come in and d- got damaged in any way On in delivery to oh, yeah. your dealership oh yeah that, that oh, we, that's common yeah. yeah we see cars damaged all the time by the way that was a, a heli coil was the term i was trying to come up with thank you negan negan one from uh, youtube oh, okay cleared huh. me on that one to jog my old yeah. memory but, but we've never seen the worst damage we've seen from a new car uh, vehicle carrier 
was when it took out our curb when it was leaving um, last year, and it got a little bit too close to the side of the driveway, and it it ripped up. It was a it was pretty. It was damn, they paid for it. <laughs> but, well, how about the one not that long ago, maybe six months ago? He was pulling out onto US one. He went too fast, and the car carrier flipped over on its side in the middle of US one. Ours. Ooh. It, it was actually a, a guy that was picking up uh, I think oh, used cars. Okay, as a wholesaler. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't and it, his his car carrier trailer flipped on its side. Amazing. Yeah, Amazing story. got John on the line, those guys. <laughs> the reason I mention it is that's a terrible responsibility yeah. of one driver alone that not only has to drive him to the dealership, but the loading unloading is a terrific responsibility. Absolutely. Just thought I'd mention that, so it's an additional reason for uh, dealerships getting shortage of the car, even where it's made, of getting the delivery to come to them. Yeah, I wouldn't do it. It's too scary. (laughs) I agree with you 100%, (laughs) because it's beyond driving in expressways and traffic. It's the responsibility of the unloading of Absol- the cause. Absolutely, John. John, it was great hearing from you, and the drivers do really deserve so much recognition today. We don't realize it. Thanks again for calling, and we look forward to hearing from you next week. Thank you. You know, let me, uh, let me piggyback on that uh, getting the cars on and off the truck, and uh, be careful when you buy a car today, new car, uh, always be sure that they have an alignment check. Uh, you think, well, why should I need an alignment check? It's a brand new car. Well, because of the way they're transported. They come, some of them, from overseas. So they get on a ship, off a ship. Sometimes they get on a railroad, off a railroad, on a truck, off a truck. And this whole procedure, if you've ever watched it, it's not gentle. I mean, these these cars get bounced around. And uh, there's a good chance uh, uh, we experience probably 10% of our cars coming in uh, need an alignment. Yeah. And some dealers just don't check the alignment. If you buy the car and it needs an alignment uh, and you bring it back in two weeks because you're getting abnormal tire wear, they're going to blame it on you. But it should be covered under warranty uh, uh, if it was done before you bought the car. And it will be. But have a alignment check and you get a computer printout. It'll show you that those all four wheels are in alignment. And then after that, it's your responsibility. But don't don't take that car unless you can see a recent alignment check. Absolutely. Okay. <clears throat> We're going to go back to the phones uh, where we have our first-time female caller who won $50 this morning. Her name is Ann, and she's calling us from Hope Sound. Good morning, Ann. Hello. How are you this morning? We're well, thank you. Congratulations. You've won yourself $50 this morning. If you stay on the line after we talk and give the control room your contact information, I can get that check out to you. Thank you very kindly. Uh, My question is, I have a 2008 Corolla. It has 140,000 on it. I was wondering, is it time for a tune-up? And most important of all, is it time for a timing belt? Uh, first question, uh, first one is yes, because at about 120,000 miles, um, you should replace the spark plugs on it. If it's a four cylinder, that's going to run you yes. about uh, 75 to $100 in labor. And probably I'm going to say about $100 in parts, maybe a little less on that. And for a timing belt, nope, because your car has a timing chain that will okay. last longer than the rest of the car will. 
Really? That's very good news. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't know if you were listening earlier, but Rick just said in answer to another caller, texter actually, that the Corolla was the most reliable car Toyota had ever built, and Rick sees them coming in with hundreds and hundreds of thousands of miles, and they're in really good shape, better than any other car manufactured. So you got yourself a real gem of a car, and it's, uh, what is it, 13 years old? And uh, you're just getting warmed up. That car's going to last you a long, long time. Oh, that's, you, you made my Christmas. Thank you very <laughs> much. You, you see, Ann, isn't it amazing? I mean, uh, this information, this conversation that we just had, you have helped to ensure so much experience and information to our audience. There are so many females that are listening out there and males. And this is just a great way for us to get to everyone. And you were the major player. As a Thank Christmas you so much. Resident, you should Thank treat you. your car to a nice detail. There you go. Vacuum, shampoo, wash, and wax. <laughs> yep. She deserves it. Okay. Pedicure, manicure. Yep, that too. <laughs> you see, Ann? There you go. <laughs> Maybe new wheel cover. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much. Give us a call again and please spread the word right here. At her own not cars. my first Toyota, not my last. Ah, nice. Thank you. Thank You're you, welcome. Man. Have Thank a great much. weekend. Uh, we're going to continue with our calls, and we're going to go to Ron, who's calling us from Summerfield. Good morning, Ron. Uh, good morning. This question is actually for Rick. Rick, I need your help in uh, buying a new car. I have a 2012 Highlander, which has been absolutely flawless. I like the 3.5-liter engine. However, you know, I wanted to get something more uh, uh, gas-friendly, and um, I was looking at the hybrid. I heard you mention a week or so ago that um, the hybrid, the four-cylinder, is not driven by the four-cylinder engine. That just powers the batteries. Correct. And my question question is, if I get this four-cylinder hybrid Highlander, is it going to be able to get out of its own way? I'm used to the power of the 3.5-liter uh, V6, and so I don't want to buy something that's sluggish. Can you help me with that? Get a RAV4 hybrid. Uh, no, you're, you're actually uh, you're thinking the wrong direction here because hybrids, because all Toyota hybrids are technically an electric car that carries its own generator with it. The gas engine is simply a generator. That car, the moment you step on the accelerator pedal, it has instant 100% torque. There is no ramp buildup of the torque, which is what gets your wheels spinning and gets the vehicle moving. Snaps your neck back. Exactly. <laughs> Earl found this out with his new Tesla, <laughs> which is you know a dedicated electric car, it, and it's designed to basically, it'll try to break your neck. I, I always said when folks were looking for an SUV if they wanted to pull a small boat or a trailer, the hybrid was the best choice because it had so much torque and power to get that load moving. If it were not for traction control on a hybrid, you could literally burn the tires off of it. I mean, it'd be like the old muscle cars where they could just sit still and spin the wheels and just smoke them until they blew the tires out. The traction control will prevent you from doing that to save your car, but hybrids are massive torque and power you, uh, they they have to hold it back to keep you from damaging the car or breaking your neck by hitting having so much power available you should drive one take one for a drive 
get in an empty parking lot or an empty street and let it just sit at idle for a moment and then just floor it and feel that power as it snaps. So you'll, you'll be pleasantly surprised, I think. Okay. So, Rick, why don't they put that kind of power, that they, the power that they have in the Prime, into the, um, into the Highlander and into the, um, the, the, uh, SUV, the um, minivan that you have? That's what they're working towards. This this it's a we're we're right now we're in the baby steps we are the the it's the beginning of that long journey to becoming every vehicle fully electric and it's mm-hmm. it's going to be a longer road it's going to take a while a lot of people are going to be resistive to it so they you know to make vehicles uh, appealing to all the massive they have to you know have some still available but eventually they're all going to be electric and you'll see it come. Yeah. Okay, then. I heard Earl mention uh, get a RAV4, which I, I actually love the car. However, I want to do a, uh, some light towing, and the RAV4 just doesn't have enough uh, towing power for me. Right. So that's yeah, why that, I have to mm. stick with the, uh, with the Highlander. And the Highlander Hybrid is an excellent choice. Mm-hmm. Okay, then. Well, look, thanks so much. I do appreciate it. Anytime. Thank you, Ron. Okay. Uh, I okay. think that uh, you know, Summerfield is in uh, Marion County. Is that the first time we've had a caller? From Marion, uh, I'm not Ken- sure. County. Anyway, pick, congratulations. Let me piggyback on Ron's comment about, uh, or it was actually Rick's about traction control. Is is you know back in the day when it first we first had it was called limited slip differential, positive traction, mm-hmm. and things like that. So is is it more sophisticated today? And is 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 traction control uh, just baked into every uh, electric vehicle? Traction control is now standard every vehicle, and the basic idea of what it does is the computer looks at all four wheels. If one wheel is slipping, which is pretty obvious by its sensors, Mm -hmm. it will actually reduce power to it and apply the brakes to that wheel. The the reason I asked the question is, uh, and Stu and I were talking about this, my my Tesla Plaid has a, something called drag race mode, and I kid you not, uh, and you uh, put it in drag race mode on the screen, and uh, then it tells you to put your foot, your foot, left foot heavily on the brake, and then put your right foot on the accelerator and depress it all the way to the floor. Now, I, can, I can't imagine any other car putting all your weight on the brake and then all the way, all the way to the floor on the accelerator. Well, that would kill the engine in, in most cars. And then when it says, <laughs> right? And then when it says launch, you it. see a sign on the Tesla Plaid screen that says launch. You pull your foot immediately off the off the brake, and then you are launched yep. into a drag race mode. It's like a rubber band. They they pull you back like a slingshot. So that traction control must be absolutely phenomenal. It is incredible. Yeah. No, I was and talking about what is, is the emergency stop. If you hit the gas and accelerate uh, brake at the same time, it will cut, cut off the engine. Well, it will it will uh, shut the throttle off to the engine. Yeah, that's what I meant was after the sudden recall uh, yeah, reaction. But, uh, that actually used to be what mechanics would use, known as a... Um, uh, <laughs> it'll pardon, come to you. Pardon my brain, folks. I'm losing my Earl's turn getting today. older. Rick's a getting older. test for the transmission. <laughs> In other words... Automatic transmissions, in order to determine if anything was slipping inside the transmission, a mechanic would do what is known as a stall test. And this is completely normal. This is how they were tested. 
you would hold one foot on the brake nice and hard, and then you would, on a, now this is not in a hybrid or an electric car, right. but a full gasoline engine car, you would floor the gas pedal and see how far the RPMs came up. If the RPMs went too high, it meant something inside the transmission was slipping, and if they stayed at a, the proper specified value according to the repair manual, then you knew the transmission right. was good and solid. Yeah. And you did that in first gear and in reverse should I add, to test yeah. those. Should I add, don't try this at home? Yeah, yeah don't try right. this is This is yeah. something that a mechanic would do <laughs> Only professionals in, in order the 50s. to don't do make sure that things are let, 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 let me shed some light on this, please. Um, <laughs> I understand that whole thing with the traction and all, uh, but I'm almost positive that's the mode that we use to get to the show, isn't it? Oh, yes. Drive race? Yes, exactly. That's why you beat me this morning. (laughs) There's not a software thing that cuts the engine off in the event that your car starts accelerating. You hit both of them at the same time and it just dies. And that actually was developed after they had that sudden recall. The the sudden acceleration, unintended acceleration, as Toyota called it. And other manufacturers saw this as well. But that only applies, that actually, that software kicks in. If the vehicle is in motion, in motion, okay. If the vehicle is moving even one or two miles an hour, and it detects that your foot is on the gas, so you're driving down the highway, and you're one of those people that you have your left foot hovering over the brake pedal. Mm-hmm. If you step on the brakes just enough to activate your brake lights, even though it doesn't apply the brakes, will cut off. it will immediately close the throttle to idle speed, and your vehicle will lose power. Huh. And that is designed right. To where you cannot have the engine race right. away with because I think Toyota realized that the sudden acceleration where people hitting their their yep. their gas pedals. So, yeah. And by the way, folks, as a PSA public safety announcement here, floor mats in your car on the driver's side, no matter what you do in the rest of the car, the driver's side floor mat you should have only one floor mat maximum. Yep, no stack. And it should be properly secured by clips or Velcro. Well, Velcro works, but clips are the best yeah. way. No, some some Something, come with it. Like the right. Super comes with just Yeah, Velcro. some of them now have a Velcro surface yeah. on the back. Let's, let's get going. Yeah, great information. that floor yeah. mat. Great information. But never stack floor yeah. mats yeah. one on top of another. Okay, folks. Uh, I am going to go back to the phones to our uh, first-time female caller. And her name is Stacy, and she's calling from North Palm Beach, and she won herself $50 this morning. Yes, $50 just for giving us a call. Uh, so if she stays on the line, she can share that information with our control room. Good morning, Stacy. Hi, how are you guys? Welcome. Great. What can we do I, for uh, you this morning? I, was, I recently went up to, I, I, to Wallace Kia in Stewart to look at a new Sorento. They have one online. The price was $35,000. i am just making, I'm ballparking the, the fee. And they had a lease program that was comparable to what I wanted online. Went up there. The $35,000 car was now $45,000. Oh, boy. $10,000. So I said, I talked to the GM, and he basically said, that's it. You can't negotiate. I have no trade-in. I didn't want it. I don't need a trade-in. I don't have a trade-in. So I was so mad, I just left. And they it's like they could have cared less. Yeah. So my question 
So my question now is, if Hyundai's upcharging, Kia's upcharging, if how how can you go from one dealer to the other to use one price against another? You know, I mean, even if I wait ninety days, I mean, I don't know how right. if they don't have any inventory. How can you use one car at you know right, your to, Toyota dealer to work at one dealer against the or, other? It's really hard to do right. that now. But what we we were discussing earlier on the show is that. Yeah, we believe that prices have peaked, and that doesn't mean they're going to come tumbling down, but gradually um, over months. And um, and we've actually discovered some dealers um, with uh, they're selling their cars at no more than MSRP. Now they all have dealer fees; most of them do anyway. And it's obscene to say, but it's, it's the best deal, and that's the best deal you can get. So um, I would definitely what you did was right. You leave a dealership that's trying to you know gouge you or go way over MSRP. But if you have to buy a car now. Especially uh-huh. to save yeah. your time, uh, you do it online, or just uh, if you don't want to do it online, you don't feel comfortable with computers, then then just call. Uh, you have to be firm, and you have to have your kind of your word track laid out, write it out if you want to. But your your what you need to do is either on the telephone or online get the best out the door price, and the best and the out the door definition is a price that you can write a check for and hand it to the car dealer and drive your car home. So uh, if you don't get right. the out-the-door price, they're going to play games with dealer-installed accessories, hidden fees, and so on and so forth. So uh, uh, you, you can call, I'll exaggerate a little bit, 20 dealers and get 20 prices in the time it takes you to go physically, drive your car in, and go through the game playing with the sales manager and the salesman in the dealership. When you're in the dealership, in their turf, on their property, they're in control. But when you're at your home, on your telephone, with your computer or smartphone, you're in control. Uh, if okay. if they don't give you an answer, you just don't call them back. Say you have one choice: you give me your best out the door price, or you never hear from me again. And usually today, especially, you'll find two out of three dealers will give you a price. Uh, one out of three won't, but that's enough where you can get three or four uh, comparative prices. Then you physically go in with your check in hand. And uh, Stacy. Uh, Stacy, uh, you know what I love? I love being in control and being at that computer and, uh, you know, say and do whatever you want. And you are in control. That's number one. So that's where I, w- I feel safe. And number two, if you don't have to buy a car right now, uh, and some of us can wait, I would advise just that, just to wait, just to be safe. Well, that's we're going to wait. But the question then was, he was telling me that the reason they're doing the upcharges there were, if people had a trade-in, if you had a, I have a 2015 Lincoln if MKC, if they were going to pay 10000 over for the trade-in, that would wash the, trade, uh, the upcharge on the Sorento. And I was like, well, that's, I mean, I could take that car anywhere. Yeah. and sell it is it means that is my car worth ten thousand dollars more just with you or is my car ten thousand dollars less at Mullinex down here on north lake well i bre- mean it's crazy they're, you know, they're breaking the law it's 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 a violation 
of uh, it's unfair and deceptive advertising. So they're breaking the law, and uh, most well, dealers I, do. Bait and switch. Yeah. To me, it was bait and switch because exactly. how do you advertise a thirty-five thousand dollar car, and then when you drive up, it's forty-five. Yeah. I was furious. I can't tell you how mad I still am. It. Yeah, I don't and blame I you. Just, you and you. I mean, it was like. It it takes your breath away. It it really does. And this conversation with you is proof you are an educated consumer and you are in control. Even though I said the best place to be as is online, I believe that you could, you know, conquer this situation in any dealership you went into because as I said, you sound like an educated consumer. Well, I don't mind that a car dealership's going to make money. No. I, that, that I understand. But I'm not going to give a car dealership $10,000. Absolutely. It's not happening. And you shouldn't. And, my, and I, my back story is my dad was a Lincoln Mercury dealership, and we have one in Annapolis, Maryland. I grew up in the car industry. I mean, this is now 25 years ago. But still, I mean, you used to negotiate off the MSRP. And now, I mean, even with, with the $10,000 upcharge, then you're back to, you'd be happy to get the MSRP, hmm. which is, you know, which you used to start with. I, I can't tell you. I mean, I'm furious strange about it. Strange days. It's just, Very it strange. is. And, and, they, and then, of course, they told me, oh, this is going to last forever. This is not going well, to with last. With the, the current and situation? Like, well, nah, nah. Yeah. Next year is the last year of it. It'll last as long as they want it to. So the uh, operative word here, negotiate. I love negotiating. So, Stacey, I can't thank you enough this morning for sharing your story with all of us and encouraging (laughs) other women to give us a call. Yeah, thank you for letting me. You're quite welcome. Hope to hear from you again. Let's build this platform together. 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And, you know, I haven't mentioned in a long time that affidavit that I introduced to um, the uh, website Earl on Cars, but there you can download that affidavit, and uh, that is to guarantee you an out-the-door price. Yeah, take a look at it. I'm pretty proud of it. Now back to Rick, do you have any YouTubes? Uh, well, actually, we have several birthday wishes uh, for Earl from Regina, Mark Smith, Mark oh. Ryan, and a few others. So I just figured I'd pass those along. Thank you. And we did have uh, one interesting comment from Negan One. Apparently, his Raptor, he has it, his Ford Raptor pickup is in for engine work at a dealership. And he says that he heard from his mechanic there, they're having a very big difficulty getting mechanics in there. They hired in five new mechanics, and none of them have any ASC certifications oh. at a Ford dealership out in Arizona there. So wow. uh, if you're looking for a Ford dealership, I would be careful of what service department you went to and who you have working on your vehicle. Well, that's a great point. I At never thought about that. Ask I, them to make sure they're certified. Yeah, yeah we're, we're short of uh, technicians, too. And I think every car dealer is short of technicians. It isn't so much for the demand. You heard Rick earlier saying that actually the service business is a little slower. But the fact of the matter is uh, a lot of technicians are leaving the business. 
And uh, there are a lot of uh, high-paying jobs out there. There's a shortage of labor uh, worldwide. And people are moving, and they're and they, they work here at this job, and they move there, and they take another job because wages are going up. So, yeah. uh, you got to be careful. Uh, people are hiring people because they have to, and to hire a technician without ASC certification, uh, that is shocking. I, uh, you, uh, we always recommend that you check to see that they have the certification. Tell me again what that stands for, ASC. It's the National Institute for Automotive Service Excellence. Yes, National Institute for Automotive Service Excellence. Every mechanic that knows what he's doing will have at least one of those certifications. There are, what, five of them? Actually, there's about 40 or 50 right now total wow. to cover the entire industry for automobiles, yeah. heavy trucks, and the like. But if you're going into a Ford dealership, uh, there they would be how many? For a for an automobile dealer yes. or automobile technician, yeah. there are eight basic tests and one advanced level test. Yeah, so you want one that has, uh, ideally, the uh, advanced level and all the others, but at least if it's a transmission issue you're having, be sure you're certified in transmission. In transmission, Real yeah. simple. ASE certification. Yeah, and, Rick, and how many people have, how many customers have walked in and asked a mechanic, are you certified? Almost none. I mean... And as a matter of fact, uh, technicians, when when you're working at a dealership, uh, we send our technicians to those dealership-sponsored schools, and ASC certification is almost a prerequisite to go to most of those schools so that we can get you started. That's only a bottom line in a lot of cases. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Another, well, another aspect of the auto industry oh, and something to be careful with when you shop, have your car serviced. Going to a repair shop and having a technician that isn't ASC certified is like going to the dentist and mm. having the dental hygienist. <laughs> it's like going to your friend. Not vaccinated. Oh, or it's like going to your friend for the, den- for the dentist. <laughs> no, let's It's let's more like having the janitor that sweeps up in the dentist's office to take care of your teeth. Yeah. Not the dentist. Don't talk about the dentist. I think we're going to get back to uh, Stu and yeah. his text. Yeah, we have, we have a text from Chicago. Tom in Chicago. Chicago, Chicago. He says, Ooh, it's hello cold. from Chicago. <laughs> is it? Yeah, it is. <laughs> Assuming a Honda dealer and a Toyota dealer have similarly equipped vehicles in stock, is there any leverage these days by walking in, getting some discount off uh, percentage off MSRP, even if it's small, from either dealer to land the car deal from the competing brand? Or is inventory so low that the units will eventually sell at full MSRP? And that's from Tom. And no, they will not sell. They will sell for over MSRP. (laughs) (laughs) And let let, let me give you another tip. If you really want to get the juices flowing, competitive juices, a Toyota dealer doesn't care as much about beating a Honda dealer as he does another Toyota dealer. Uh, The Honda dealers feel the same way about other Honda dealers. Uh, The manufacturers look at it differently. The manufacturer, Toyota, wants to beat Honda because all their dealers are selling Toyotas, and that's who they sell their cars to. But the Toyota dealer and the Honda dealer, they sell to the public. And if you come into a Honda dealer to buy a a Honda Accord, chances are if you don't buy from him, you'll buy from another Honda dealer, a Honda Accord. So he knows most of the business he loses is to his own make and brand. So... If you want to get a great deal on a Honda, go to three or four Honda dealers. Next year, like in two years or something. Yeah, and get the <laughs> this best is not going to work right now. <laughs> yeah, and get not, the best price. Yeah. No, it'll work now, but the best price you'll get today will be MSRP. And uh, 
that's better than 5,000 over MSRP. So uh, if you have to buy a car, shop three or four Honda dealers or three or four Toyota dealers if you're going to buy a Toyota. That's right. But um, as you'll see on our mystery shopping report, that, yes. it does, that doesn't always work. Um, hmm. All right. Let me see what else we got here. I don't have any more texts. Okay. Anonymous feedback. Nah. Back to you. Okay. Um, I've wanna, got a point. I, I, I want to take a moment and uh, thank uh, Jonathan, uh, our digital general manager, who is, well, the passion, the energy that he puts in to this show. Well, we're very thankful for that. And he is behind the scenes and sometimes a little ignored. So we're sending the love. Thank you, thank you, thank you. 877-960-9960 or text us at 772-497-6530. And don't go anywhere, folks, because we do have that mystery shopping report coming up. And uh, that is Palm Beach Toyota. Now back to the recovering car dealer. Yeah, well, while we have a little lull in the texts and the calls, and by the way, please get those texts coming in. And your anonymous feedback, I'm amazed that we haven't had any anonymous feedbacks. It used to be our most popular pipeline, youranonymousfeedback.com. Uh, I was going to look at, uh, I've got the current automotive news. Uh, this is fun if you're, uh, even if you're not an automobile dealer, uh, this is a trade journal for the all manufacturers. Everybody in the auto industry, retail or wholesale, reads this religiously. It's a weekly newspaper. And it's our trade journal. You get all sorts of inside information, things that you don't normally find out about. And the headline, uh, the right the featured headline now is, could this be the end of stair steps for good? Now you're probably saying, what the heck is he talking about? What's a stair step? We all get in elevators. Yeah, stair steps <laughs> is the trade automobile dealer, auto manufacturer uh, uh, acronym, or well, not acronym, but a, a vernacular for um, uh, what's, what, what incremental is, incentives. Incremental is the technical mm. word, yeah. So what it means is uh, the manufacturers tell their dealers that over the next 90 days or 30 days or one year or uh, a period of time, this is how many cars you're supposed to sell. And they look at the market and they look at the, the dealer uh, abilities and uh, other things, history, and they say, okay, in three months' time, you should sell 900 cars. That'd be a big dealer. I expect you to sell 900 cars in three months, 90 days. Now, if you do sell over 900 cars, you hit your objective. If you don't, you don't hit your objective. If you hit your objective retroactively, you get paid $200, $500. The amount will vary from manufacturer to manufacturer. But it's a huge number. And it's a huge incentive and motivation uh, for a car dealer to sell enough cars to hit their quota. He could be working hard for 30 days, or it could be 90 days, or say even a year. This this is a very is hated by the dealers, most of them. Uh, it should be hated by the consumers because the purpose, the, the feature of this article, is the president of the NADA and a lot of other influential people in our industry. The dealers are trying to get those blocked by the manufacturers because it causes the, re the reason that it affects you, the buyer, is it creates chaos in uh, purchasing a car. I circled one paragraph here and I'll read this from Automotive News. And the headline being, could this be the end of stair steps for good? 
The worst consequence of the bonus scheme, he said, is a loss of credibility with customers. With stair steps, two customers buying the same model two weeks apart can pay vastly different prices. When a dealership drastically discounts one of the vehicles to hit a stair step volume target at month end, so it makes uh, you confused. And it makes me and this show. We've always advised you to buy a car when you're going to buy a car toward the end of the month. One thing common about stair-step incentives, they all end at the end of the month. It might be a 30-day cycle or a 90-day cycle, and the end of the year is particularly good. December 31st, January 1st, an incredibly good time to buy a car because these stair-steps incentives are, are still out there. Uh, a lot of manufacturers have cut back. In the southeast, Toyota has not cut back. They still have it, and I think other manufacturers are still doing the same thing. They try so, to stabilize it some, but it's still there. Yeah. It used to be way worse. They, oh, it used to be crazy. Yeah, yeah, they'd have them on individual models. Yeah. So if you you'd get a certain if you sort a certain number of a car uh, of a like a, tr- a Tacoma truck, yeah. you would get extra dealer cash. But if you didn't sell enough, you didn't get that, and so then you could pr- couldn't price your cars uh, as low as your competitors who did it. So yeah. this is uh, December. If you want to get a great deal. Uh, uh, relatively speaking, because it's still going to be sticker price, uh, you go out at the end of the month, end of December, uh, early January, uh, January 1st or 2nd, right in there, and you'll get the best price you'll be able to buy a car for all year. And uh, it won't be a good price. It'll still be sticker if you're lucky. There you have it, folks. January 1st, 2nd. There you have it. Purchase your vehicle. Uh, we're going to go back to the phones, and we are going to talk to Corinne in Wellington. Good morning, and welcome. Hi. Hi, good morning. Listen to your show all the time and always get good advice. Um, anyway, I have a S60 Volvo, and every once in a while, I'll see this uh, signal on the panel that says low power charge. So I took it to my mechanic, and he checked the alternator, and he changed out my battery. And still, every once in a while, that um, uh, word, those words appear, low power charge, battery. Hmm. That sounds like either the alternator is starting to have some issues, or since he just changed out the battery, uh, that kind of precludes that one. Um, the other possibility that I'd have them look for is make sure all the connections are tight, especially the negative terminal on the battery and the end of the negative cable where it bolts up to the frame and the engine or block of the car. Uh, those are the first places I'd be looking. Okay. And also, I read online about this little wire. It's like a little plug that's attached to the uh, battery. They said... Um, Remove the plug, and um, and then uh, with the engine running, put the plug back in, and that that stopped the signal for a long time. But now, last week, it came on again, just for like a second, and it went away. Hmm. I I'm not sure what wire that might be, but that may be a Volvo specific setup, um, right. which. Unfortunately, I, there's just no way I can be familiar with all the different cars and the designs out there. Okay. Um, but if it worked once, I would I would go to try again and see if that help if that helps anything. Yeah. 
I'm praying it's not the alternator. Yeah. Uh, a lot of cases, You know what though, that means, big bucks. Yeah. Yeah. But a, a lot of times, actually, I've seen something as simple as the wire connection, and especially on the negative cable, this, for some reason, it seems to be always the negative, where it bolts to the frame. Uh, ask your mechanic to unbolt that and just clean that connection up real good with a wire wheel and then bolt it back down to make sure it's getting a good contact. For some reason, those seem to be, and, and it's something that they charge you maybe 50 to to $100 at the most to do, and it's a simple little thing, but it can cause all sorts of weird issues with the modern computerized cars. That little bit of okay. resistance there. Okay, I will uh, report back to and, him and, and Corinne, see what he says. Corinne, you sound oh. like as if that, uh, I don't know, you could be a mechanic. I like your style. Uh, you, uh, well, uh, I, I, I wouldn't want you to unbolt and rebolt <laughs> to secure well, the contact, I'm, but I'm just saying uh, you sound like uh, an educated consumer, and we appreciate well, that. I I, uh, I try to get it done myself. It's usually, e you know, sometimes it's easier to take a few minutes of your own time Absolutely. and do it. But, I, yeah, I appreciate the input, and I will tell him what you said. Thank you, Corinne. Cool. Give us a call again. Let I us will. know. Thank Let you us know how things show. turn out. 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Now back to Stu. Hi, how you doing? I'm I'm all caught up with text. <laughs> well, I, I that have a, is not this, acceptable. This, 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 <laughs> is a, I'll this is a particularly uh, good automotive news, and I got another article I want to share with everybody. Uh, the Finance and Insurance Department. F&I department, that's where they call it the business office. Uh, the vernacular of the trade is the box, and they can make more money there. In fact, they do make car dealers make more money in the finance and insurance department than they do when they sell you the car. At least that used to be the case. the case. And, and now they're uh, making so much money on the cars that it's secondary. But uh, in normal times, they make uh, over $2,000 on every car they sell, and it's in the finance and insurance department. Now... There's two things to worry about. First of all, you should always check with your credit union or your bank and get the best financing arrangements you can, terms, interest rate, and you should be very leery of any after-sale products that they try to sell you. Uh, you come in to buy a car, buy the car, and you finance at the lowest rate at the, at the proper term and then get out of there. Uh, you can buy service contracts or maintenance contracts anytime you want to. You don't have to buy it. Uh, at that time, and you shouldn't buy it until you understand exactly what you're buying. Here's the other thing you need to worry about, and that's fraud. And this is Automotive News, the trade journal of car dealers and auto manufacturers. And fraud means there's two reasons that uh, uh, someone's going to break the law and actually maybe even implicate you. If you have bad credit, and that was the subject of my blog uh, a newspaper column this week, uh, bad credit, if you're buying a car with bad credit. A problem, one of the problems you have with bad credit you probably don't even know you have is that to sell a car, car dealers will lie about your credit. They'll misrepresent your income. They'll misrepresent your um, job, the fact that you have a job. There are a lot of reasons that if, if you sign a credit application 
that has been falsified, even though it was falsified by the dealer, and that's what these dealers are doing, they will put false information on the credit application and ask you to sign it. When you sign it, then you violated a federal law. Now, you don't want to do that. That's not good to break federal laws, and that's what you have to be careful of. So, read the credit application. Be sure it's accurate before you sign it. And uh, also be aware of the fact that that financing that you got may have been fraudulent, and the car you bought would be repossessed as soon as the bank found out that the dealer had defrauded them. So you're the one that pays. Your down payment's going to be gone forever, or your trade-in's going to be gone forever, and then they're going to come out and put your car on a hook and take it away, and you possibly might even have some sort of implication in uh, finance fraud. So be careful. Yeah, and take a look at that column. I'm holding it up right now, and uh, I will remind you, pandemics. Everything is surrounded by pandemics. Bad credit and car buying. 877-960-9960-772-497-6530 is our text number. And we're going back to the phones, and uh, we're going to talk to John in West Palm Beach. Good morning, John. Yes, good morning. Welcome. Thank you. I've got a question as far I have a um, 06 Honda Element, and... About approximately a month ago, my catalytic converter was removed from, from my vehicle in my oh. parking lot. Oh, oh, sorry. Now, you know, my mechanic has charged me $2,700 to repair, re- repair it, wow. uh, put, a, put a new converter in, and everything was authorized by the insurance. Now, uh, as soon as the check arrived from Pearl Holding, which is... Uh, the insurance carrier, uh, we get a phone call that they stop payment on the check and they are reissuing me a check for $600. Hmm. They are claiming depreciation on the catalytic converter as a wear item. Oh, what? That's unheard of. <laughs> what? What's the name of that insurance company again? What? Uh, it's Ocean Harbor Insurance. Which is yeah. Pearl Holdings? Yeah, you know, I uh, I'd make a quick call to the uh, Florida. Are you in Florida? Yes, Florida State I'm Insurance in West Commission. Beach. Yeah, call, <laughs> call call the Florida State Insurance Commission's office. Email them and call them and report this because uh, uh, I I can't imagine. I've never heard of any insurance company uh, requiring someone to buy a used catalytic converter. That's just, you know, it, it, it would be a violation of federal law. Yeah, depreciation. That's, that's an emissions part. and yeah. But it, catalytic converters don't necessarily wear, they don't have a lifespan for wearing out. Sometimes they do go bad, but it's pretty rare. The only time that we really see issues with catalytic converters is if someone uses contaminated fuel, like they get a lot of diesel fuel in their tank for some reason, and it contaminates it. But otherwise, that's not a wear item. Now you're that, 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 wow. That's what I, that's my train of thought. I mean, you know, yeah. we're not talking brakes and tires here. You know, we're talking yeah. a, a con- catalytic converter. Yeah, we're not talking and, knees. We're not talking and, knees. And, <laughs> and you know, for, but they they even sent me the the. A twenty-two hundred dollar check is a five hundred dollar deductible, and the day that the check arrived, 
uh, later on that afternoon, we get a phone call that they stop payment on it. Wow. Here's a here's a number for here's a number for the Florida State Insurance Commission. You got a pencil? Yes, sir. It's area code eight five zero four one three three one four zero. And uh, you might have a hard time getting them on the weekend, but try them on Monday. Leave a message. Oh yeah. You know, with the name of the insurance company. In fact, you might even want to call the insurance company and say, "Before I call this number, would you like to reconsider? Because what you're doing is violation of state law." Okay. I will most certainly do this. And would you call the show back and let us know well, what happened? I'm I'm real curious. I, I it's it's not common that an insurance company will do something like this blatantly. Uh, because they have a risk of losing their license. In fact, they can, they can yeah. be put out of business. So I'm really shocked they did that. You know, I, I understand it's a, you know it's an 06 vehicle. It's got 147,000 miles on it. Yeah. But you know what? A theft is a theft. Yeah. It's exactly. not. It's not like it wore out. Sounds to me like somebody <clears throat> in the somebody in the insurance company, maybe a, a new person on the job, that didn't understand what okay. part that was. They thought it was like a maybe a, a, a part that could be replaced with a used part, but you can't replace uh, a, a environmental protection agency regulated part with a used part. Okay, very good. Thank you for the call. Very interesting. And please appreciate it. Give us a call back, and uh, I'm not sure how far back you go, John, in listening to the show. But I'm going to tell you what: Alan would have some fun with this one, for sure. Okay, folks, we're going to stick with the phones, and we are going to go to Frank, who's in Jupiter Farms, a regular caller. Good morning, Frank. Well, good morning to you all. Um, that was a very interesting call that I just um, heard before hmm. myself. Um, I, that's what I love about your show. You really do help people in all different um, problem solving and instructions, and it's a, I think that's why you have such a large audience. Thank you. Um, Thank last you. week when I spoke to you, I meant to mention something, and you may have already done this, and if I ha- if you have, my apologies, about the big Honda recall, about 740,000 or 20,000 cars, with the passport, the um, pilot, and the um, ridge line for their hoods, opening while they're driving they're, uh, over the engine, that hood. Mm-hmm. Um, are, you re- are you familiar with that recall? Uh, the basics of it, yeah. Anyway, so it's out there. And um, it reminds me, like Earl and I talk about, we go back a long ways. And I remember down in Miami driving down the Palmetto Expressway, and probably once a month you could see a hood pop open and, and cover the people's windshield. Um, the, the, the latches weren't like they are today, of course. So it was amazing that they're having some problems like that with new cars. But anyway, and one other thing I noticed, too, on the TV the other day with the electric vehicles, the new F-150 that's supposed to be coming out in a few more months, they, sh- they can actually stop in front of their person's house, take a plug from their truck, plug it in the house, and all the lights come back on for power failure. So I guess you're, um, with your Tesla and everything else, things are really moving ahead in the electric side yeah, of the house. It's really crazy how they... Uh how uh, electricity is taking over the whole world is going to be, it will be an electric world in uh, 20 years. Yeah. So that's basically it. I just had a chance to say hi, and I'll keep it short for a change, which is very unusual for Frank. But, uh. <laughs> I love to hear from you, Frank. I, I, I love contemporaries. You and I are, are, are approximately the same age, and I think the older you are, the uh, different perspective we have on, on things. And uh, 
uh, I think we appreciate things a little bit more because there has been so much change in our lifetimes. That's, that's very true. I mean, I've, I've seen such a change. I was actually had to testify in front of a jury, federal jury down in um, Lauderdale. We won't go into specifics, but you can just, the, the things I was talking about, I, I realized was such a difference from us, but the younger people had any clue about. So yeah. we'll yeah. leave it at that. Those young whippersnappers take everything for granted. <laughs> yeah, or they expected to, to be entitled to everything. So, anyway, before we get the audience mad at us, I'll, I'll better stop. So, you have a great day, and I, too, I guess man. someone's having a birthday, which I, I just tuned in the show late. I was actually trying to do something I need to do and, and go for walks and get a little exercise. So, there you go. If, um, are you having a birthday today, or you're, you're yeah, Nancy's taking me to lunch, so um, I'm having a. I might even have a. Maybe a mimosa or a Bloody Mary. or We're going to get crazy. Yeah, go crazy. Yeah. <laughs> well, if it's really your birthday, go to Okeechobee Steakhouse. They give you a free steak dinner. Ooh. Wow. Oh. Free is for me. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys, Frank. take care. Thank you so much. You're Bye-bye. welcome. Uh, folks, uh, I have to mention, uh, would, would you like a, an insider's look at what really goes on in the car buying and service business? I have the perfect gift for Christmas, and 100% of the proceeds go to Big Dog Ranch. So pick up <laughs> Confessions of a Recovering Car Dealer. You won't be sorry. You'll put this after you read it on the shelf and pass it along to every friend and family member. It is priceless, priceless Confessions of a Recovering Car Dealer. There you go. I have it right up there on the camera. Can you see it? Okay. Back you know, to the recovering you know, card. No, actually, I'm working on a new book now, and uh, and uh, I uh, still got interviewed by the by the ghostwriter. I have a ghostwriter. It's called Redemption of a Recovering Car Dealer. So um, hopefully uh, that'll be out uh, next year sometime. Yeah. And uh, I'm talking to him again. Yeah. It's very uh, spooky. He's a ghostwriter. I, I, I'm really nervous. He's going to interview me, and I'm very nervous he's very he kind of has wears a sheet he kind of floats yeah. around disappears he's interviewing all interesting that. He, he's I, I asked him to interview people that also have issues with me he's <laughs> he's going to be he's going to be interviewing some of my competitors and i'm going to be inter, inter, interviewing some of the higher-ups in dealer associations and uh so uh, you know, you have to get both sides of the story. You yeah. need to know the good, and the bad, and the And that's why he's going to interview me. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Nancy will tell him the truth. <laughs> okay. Uh, our lines are lighting up here. We're going to go uh, to Mark, who's been holding from Lake Worth. And Steve, I'll be right with you. Good morning, Mark. Welcome. You there, Mark? Hi, Mark. I think we lost Mark. Good morning, Mark. No. Yeah. No, I hear you. You're very faint. Okay, how's this? Ah, much You're better. a little louder. Much better, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. my uh, daughter had to buy a new car, uh, and it's in Pennsylvania. And she went to, uh, she previously, two years back, had a RAV4 and loved it. And she went to the nearby Toyota dealership. And uh, obviously, they said, here's the car. You know, they jacked up the price above MSRP. And, uh, I mean, I tried to teach you years ago, you, you don't pay that. Um, and watch out for all those other fees you mentioned. 
and she was with her sister, who owns a Subaru, Forrester, a 19, and loves it. So they went over to the Subaru dealer across the street, and she paid MSRP, uh, and she bought it, that car there because they put in writing that they would give her, when she, uh, they would give her a free Loma car until the car came in because they had a VIN number on it and they knew where it was and they were expecting it like in four to six weeks. Hmm. Uh, she doesn't need the car till the end of the month because uh, she's moving to Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. But uh, I found that interesting because once she said, look, I got transportation now, they're paying for it, and uh, I just thought you might find that interesting. That, that's very that's what that deal would do. Mark, that's very that interesting. Yeah, Subaru is a great car, by yeah. the way, and uh, uh, one of the very, very best cars manufactured. Uh, they also uh, have a pretty good dealer network. I'm, I'm really amazed that she was able to buy one for MSRP. That's uh, testimony to the dealer, the eth ethics and honesty uh, of that dealer. Um, Subaru has a huge shortage problem, much worse than most of the other manufacturers. And uh, all the manufacturers have a issue with micro microchips and availability, but Subaru right, is, right. is even more acute. So uh, that dealer in Pennsylvania is a is to be... Uh, was it a local dealer or a Pennsylvania dealer? No, the dealer in Pennsylvania. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you know the name? Or give him a plug. No, I, I don't offhand. Yeah, I, well, I don't recall. I, yeah. but she, you know, yeah. she even uh, stepped out a moment and she called the Toyota because she really wanted the Rav Four. Yeah. And the guy said. Go buy the Subaru. I can't give you a rental for nothing. Exactly. Well, the manufacturers ought to be uh, worried about that because I said earlier that the biggest competition for a Toyota dealer is another Toyota dealer, but uh, you can't rule out the uh, universe of all the other manufacturers out there. And there are an awful lot of good cars out there. Honda, Subaru, Nissan. Uh, there are a lot of good cars yeah. out there. So when they, they, if you have a, a, a group of dealers... If it's Toyota and they're doing a lot of price gouging, and you have another group of dealers like Subaru that's not, you're going to lose. Uh, your uh, manufacturers should be concerned about their dealers price gouging. Yeah, but like I said, what, what really sold her was that you know they put it in writing that she could get this rental. Oh, that's great. Okay. That's bye amazing. Bye. Okay, yeah. thank you, Mark. Right, that's good talking with you. Thank bye you bye. for the call. Thank you, Mark. Look forward to hearing from you again. We're going to go to Steve, who's been holding. He's giving us a call from Boynton Beach. Good morning, Steve. Good morning. How is everybody today? Great. Great. Good. Uh, I had three small, short questions I wanted to ask Rick. Uh, I, I am the owner, the original owner, of a 2011 Lexus ES350, which I, I know has the same powertrain as the Camry. So it should be something uh, Rick would be uh, familiar with. Uh, I wanted to change the transmission fluid in the car. I've never changed the transmission fluid in the car. It only has 53,000 miles on it. My son used to own a transmission shop, and he told me do not change the transmission fluid because whenever they had cars come into the shop for transmission fluid changes, he says they'd come back a week later and say the transmissions were slipping and, and they would... 
blame the shop for trying to do some damage to the transmission, which he says they never did. So I, I wanted to know, should I change the transmission fluid at 53,000 miles or leave it alone? Are you having any issues with the transmission? Does it feel like it's slipping or anything or, or no, shifting no, oddly? No, this would just be for maintenance. I wanted to do it. Everything is fine with the transmission. Nothing wrong with it. There is no maintenance recommendation to replace it, and I wouldn't do it. Oh, okay. I didn't realize that. I thought nope. the whole course had to be have it. So just leave it alone. Leave okay. it be. Yeah. If it's, oh, if it's okay. operating normally, I would yeah, leave it be. Thank you. Now, I had two other questions, Rick, I wanted to ask you. Number one, number two, I'm sorry, uh, the coolant. I've never changed the coolant in the car. Uh, I think it was supposed to go 100,000 miles, but I'm not, I'm not sure. Uh, do I change the coolant in the car? It is recommended uh, for that model, I believe, at 100,000 100, miles, and then every 50,000 miles after that. Um, and but the he's only got 53,000 miles. Well, he's at 50,000. 53, yeah. So you still got another forty-seven thousand miles to yeah. go. No, don't change right. it. Um, so I, I wouldn't okay. change it till a hundred thousand. Okay, I didn't know if it was a time limit to like so many years, and I no, because the cooling system is pretty sealed. Um, okay. The only thing I would do would recommend is on the overflow bottle. If yeah. it looks like it's running a little bit low, I would add in some of the Toyota Super Long Life coolant, which is a nice bright pink color, just to get it to the full line, and that's it. I actually never check it, to be honest. I have to look. I rely on them to check it for me when I bring it into for the oil changes, yep. which, was my, which was my last question I wanted to ask you. Uh, because we don't do much mileage on the car, I change it according to the factory recommendation of every six months. And uh, I wondered, it, it, the 11 that I have, I, I believe, was the last year for the conventional oil, and they switched to synthetic in 12. Mm -hmm. uh, would I do any harm if I switched to synthetic and then did one year at a time oil changes? Uh, well, you're out of factory warranty at this point, so you're not really going to endanger anything on that. Um, truth be told, with the low miles that you've got, I would see no problem with switching over to a synthetic oil. I uh -huh. would stick with the same weight of oil. Right. Um, my preference at that point would be Mobile One Oil, and right. I would change it once a year and okay. go with it that way. Make sure they change the filter as well each time. And Yes, yes. And uh, change the filter drive every happy. six months. Yeah, every six months I've been changing the filter and the uh, oil. Yep. Uh, the car's been running great. Thank goodness. It's like a brand new car. Yeah, they're fantastic cars. Yes, yes. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate your advice, and I, and I certainly will take it. Now, make sure you treat her to a Christmas gift of a wash, wax, and detail, and <laughs> shine her up nice and pretty. <laughs> then it'll show all the scratches my wife put on it. Uh, find, find a good, high-quality detailer and a little bit of compounding you open and polishing, and the scratches go away. You're pushing these details. What is hey, Steve. Uh, Rick's, been, Rick's been passing on detailing and all these Christmas gifts to a car owner, so we're teasing him right now. But it is a great idea, and those uh, scratches that you alluded to that your wife is responsible for, I don't know about that. You can have those removed. <laughs> let, me, let, let me say something constructive here. Uh, there's uh, uh, one of the things that we all have to watch, and 
a lot of people, particularly have older cars, like uh, like the caller we just spoke to, is they're so used to changing fluids. There's also uh, a game going on out there called flushing, and it's almost standard operating procedure when you pull into a service department now, they want to sell you a flush. Uh, they want to change your fluids. If you have a late model car, you just heard Rick, uh, even on 2011, that's not a late model, but if you have a 2020 or 21 or 22, uh, everything's sealed, nothing needs changing, I'm exaggerating slightly. But if, and when you hear the word flush, uh, turn and run, because that's what, it's, it's called profit to the dealer, it's something to sell. It sounds good, and even even uh, dealers that, some, some people get sold on what they've been doing for so long that they feel good about it, and they don't feel guilty, but uh, beware, F-L-U-S-H, a flush when you go into a service department. It happens too often. Now, once in a great while, and Rick is thinking this right now, once in a great while, there can be a reason for it, but that once in a great while isn't worth uh, taking a chance. I would I would always get another opinion when someone said flush to me. Yeah, yeah sort of, otherwise you just took yeah. your money, you yeah. dropped yeah. it in the bowl, and you, you flushed it. Exactly. And to go back that's to what, the... That's what we want you to picture. <laughs> <laughs> Going back to and the you beginning... Save time. Just, <laughs> just take the $200, put it in the toilet, flush it down there, <laughs> oh, and, Lord. and you save you your just time. just flushed your transmission. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Do we really need that visual? Hey, back to the... <laughs> Back to the beginning of the show, Rick pointed out the old and the new. And sometimes I'm stuck right there when I do certain or attempt to do certain things to my car. And Earl reminds me, Nancy, it's the 21st century. So there's a lot to be said about that statement you made this morning. Well, one thing about keeping your car looking pretty, you feel better driving a nice-looking car. Yeah. Well, I like my When you walk out in the parking lot... And you see dirty car, dirty car, and there's that shining gem. Yeah. And this is an an extension of your personality. And I'm really into the, you know, PSI on my tires, uh, the windshield wiper fluid, all that stuff. And sometimes it's like overkill. And like I said, Earl reminds me, it is the 21st century. And we're not back in the 50s, 60s. I digress. Okay, folks, uh, no more phone calls. We have our mystery shopping report we're going to do. Before we get to that, uh, we're going to get back to Stu, but I'm going to mention, um, have you signed up for Earl's Vigilantes? Would you like to see the birthday boy in his hat? Come on, put your hat on. Okay, <laughs> okay earlsvigilantes.com. Go there and sign up, and uh, you can help, uh, you, you, you can help uh, your community out. Um, by signing up, and uh, you can, uh, these car dealers and all the craziness and the shenanigans, as Jonathan would say, go to earlsvigilantes.com. You can win yourself a great hat that Stu designed, and uh, it's a win-win situation. Now back to Stu. All right, we got one, uh, one fresh anonymous feedback that came in, and we'll get to this before we start with the mystery shopping report. Uh, Good morning. I'm a regular listener to your program and appreciate the information you provide. I have been amused to hear Earl predict when the chip shortage would be coming to an end. Back in the summer, Earl boldly predicted the chip shortage would be in good shape by October, November, or December. Since then, the predictions have continued to move out further and further. As recently as last week, Earl hedged that chips would be coming in gradually. Perhaps each week Earl could report on how availability is improving or not, in his Toyota inventory as a fact-based demonstration of the inventory. Improvement. Thanks. 
Yeah, I, it's, uh, I don't have a crystal ball, and back in September or whenever I started predicting this, uh, I was guessing. Uh, the only thing I knew for sure that the chip shortage would abate, and, and then it will overcorrect, and uh, we'll be right back, back to the days of too many cars and, uh, and price, price slashing and good deals and unfair, deceptive advertising. It'll be the old, the old game all over again. I just don't know how soon it'll happen, but I am sure of one thing. I can speak uh, for Toyota. Uh, we turned uh, last month uh, the Toyota manufacturers, um, the Toyota manufacturing and the dealers are catching up now to their their inventory, but they got a long way to go. And we've seen cars uh, prices come down as low as MSRP. What what we're really seeing is um, most us and also most dealers are taking orders for cars. So when production increases, you're just filling those orders faster, but the, the lots aren't really replenishing yet. And that's gonna that's what's gonna happen yeah. slowly. But what what it means is the people who are, who are waiting four months or five months for a car or be waiting two months or one month and that's going to shrink and uh, and it depends on the manufacturer and the dealer but um but but basically it's going to slowly improve yeah um, the, the best single thing you can do today if, if you're going to buy a car and you can wait if we can wait a few weeks or a month or so is to get the costco price approved at the time you take delivery and uh, a costco dealer if you press them on this uh will do it uh, Costco certified dealer because he's contractually obligated to sell you the car at a lower price than he sells anyone else. So that will naturally accommodate the reduction in price at the time your car comes in. So you buy the car today, but with a contractual uh, addendum, if you want to call it, that the price will be the Costco price uh, six weeks hence or whenever your car is coming in. And then you go to the Costco contractual agreement he has with Costco, and you pay that price. And you've got the lowest price that he sold that car to to anyone for. So it's a win-win. Uh, it might be a higher price, and you would pay after another 60 days, but it'll still be the best price. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And, you know, we all can't be Elon Musk. He doesn't have a microchip shortage. He was way ahead of the curve. That's all I have to say about microchip. <laughs> okay, Mystery Shop. Mystery Shop. Palm Beach Toyota. I hate mystery shopping nearby Toyota dealers. I, I do. I feel funny about it because I'm a competitor and I'm in the market and I don't want to be uh, considered to be taking advantage in any way of my, of my uh, show and uh, putting out bad information about my competition. Uh, so I get nervous about it. I don't want to give the slightest impression I'm taking shots at my closest competitors like Palm Beach Toyota. But we have to check and see what they're up to from time to time. I mean, first of all, Toyota is the number one selling car uh, in, in America right now. And they, they have been number one in Florida for a long time. And so the big volume dealers are all Toyota dealers. And that's the most of the cars on the road uh, for any one individual manufacturer. So how can I ignore Toyota dealers? Besides, the last couple of times we mystery shopped Palm Beach Toyota, they've done well. They have the highest grade out of eight Toyota dealerships on our gooddealerbaddealerlist.com. Write that down, gooddealerbaddealerlist.com. That, that is the URL uh, where you can see the recommended dealers and the ones that you should not buy a car from. And Palm Beach Toyota got an A and a B the last time we shopped them. Very good, very good scores. When we last visited Palm Beach Toyota in July, 
We were well into the inventory crisis. New car prices were rising rapidly, but had yet to peak. We wanted to test how aggressive Palm Beach Toyota would be with matching a competitive offer. We sent Agent Lightning in as our female shopper, mystery shopper, with a printed buyer's order on a new Camry that they'd bought from Earl Stewart Toyota. The price was the same clear price we offered everyone back then. Our, our no Heigl price was invoiced. Now, can you believe it? Uh, so that was a, that was our discounted price invoice. Uh, and for folks that don't say that sounds too good to be true, we make a lot of money at invoice. Invoice is packed with profit by the manufacturer. Yeah, we raised our prices to invoice when the inventory started. Yeah, up. exactly. Yeah, we raised it to invoice. We were selling two thirds of the cars before the COVID issue. Uh, were sold below invoice, and then we raised them to invoice, and that's what the price was. Anyway, Palm Beach Toyota handled the situation admirably, beat our out-the-door price, and the salesperson was friendly and professional. So was the manager. They were very wanting to come down drastically in price to beat the deal of my dealership. So we gave them an A or a B, and we said, that's great, and we were being objective and uh, honest about it. So we're back. And we will be objective and honest again. How times have changed in the past five months. My no-haggle price at Earl Stewart Toyota is now MSRP. Nearly every dealer of every make is selling their cars well above MSRP. So suddenly, sticker price, Monroni label, is a real deal. Uh, and we're using, uh, they're, they're also, the other dealers, in addition to MSRP, they're putting big market adjustments on there, you know, addendum labels, and they're putting hidden fees, and uh, it's just absolutely, it's, price gouging is not, it's not legal price gouging, but it's moral price gouging. It's taking advantage of somebody that can't defend themselves. It's just not the right thing to do. We returned to Palm Beach Toyota this week in a very different environment, but with a familiar scenario. Agent Lining was sent in with a buyer's order from Earl Stewart Toyota with a new Corolla. Uh, she was, that, that's our best seller at uh, Palm Beach Toyota, and that's one of the reasons we chose that car. She was tasked with saying if Palm Beach Toyota would beat Earl Stewart's Toyota deal with an extremely aggressive price. And that price, I, I choke when I say it. Very aggressive. MSRP. I mean, I, you know, I've been doing this so low, long. Low, low, no, low. I've been, I've been a dealer for over 50 years. <laughs> Too low. And, I, and, and, when, and back in the day, but especially when I was evil, when we sold a car at MSRP, it was high fives. It was a slam dunk. We'd celebrate. Now it's we'd, a we'd pop a bottle of champagne on the show. Hey, we just sold that guy a car at MSRP. Full pop all the way. Uh, anyway, oh, now it's a deal. So here we are. Uh, here's We're going crazy. Prices are so low. <laughs> as low as MSRP. <laughs> as low as. That's yeah. what we should start doing. Yeah. Low ads. <laughs> I ride, I'm speaking the first person like I'm Agent Lightning. I arrived at Palm Beach Toyota in the late morning with my son. We walked in the front door and were greeted by a woman seated in the front seat. I asked her if she knew if they had a 22, 2022 Corolla in stock. Uh, she said she had no idea, but she had to call for a salesperson. Two minutes later, a salesman named Joel appeared. We said hello, then he led us to his desk and asked what we were looking for today. I said I was there with my newly licensed uh, son, <laughs> my newly licensed son, to get his first car, 16 years old, I guess. Uh, we, had a, we had decided on a new 2022 Corolla LE. 
Joel said that they had received a truckload of new cars that morning, and after he gets me entered into the computer, he'll see what he can, can find for me. He asked me a lot of questions and I typed noisily as I answered them. After Joel was done, salesman, uh, he said he needed to check to see what was in stock. He offered us some water, which we declined. He was back in three minutes and said he had a new 2022 Corolla LE in stock, but he needed to find out where it was. He said he'd be back in five minutes. Uh, Twelve minutes later, uh, Joel walked in the uh, front door, motioned for me and my son to come over. We walked over, and then the three of us went outside to see the car. It was a black LE with an MSRP of $22,625, only about $800 more than the Corolla at Earl Stewart Toyota. There was a Toyota guard on it. That's uh, uh, rusted that was, that was dust. Most, that was most of the difference. It was, yeah, that was the difference. A Toyota guard is uh, something that costs the dealer uh, two or three hundred dollars. They sell for nine hundred. Is that about $699. right? Six ninety nine. So it costs the dealer two or three hundred. Huge markup, double, triple uh, what it costs. It's not worth what they charge you for it. Uh, you can get uh, a Toyota even in the southeast uh, with or without it, but it's hard to find it without it because most of the dealers put it on because it puffs up the profit. Joel went over the safety features first, and he continued to describe all the other highlights of the Corolla. He had my son set up the seat and mirrors for the t uh, test drive, and then we drove it all over the big, largely empty lot. It's a big, big dealership and a huge lot they have there at Palm Beach Toyota. As we drove, Joel talked about what made Palm Beach Toyota different. He said they weren't doing any of the addendums or market adjustments. Now, I'm going to repeat that because it's going to come up later. He said they don't charge any addendums or market adjustments. Okay. That means packing the MSRP. That means selling cars for over MSRP. And he said they don't do it. That was when I said I'd gotten a price from the Toyota dealership in the north, north yeah, of there. You must say, he, he actually said he didn't think she would be able to beat this price. Uh, exactly, yeah. yeah, yeah. And so he said, this is a really good price. You're not going to find another Toyota dealer that will beat this. That was when I said I'd gotten a price from the Toyota dealership in North Palm Beach. Of course, that's my dealership, Earl Stewart Toyota. I said I thought it was a good deal and told him about the Tires for Life program. That's free tires as long as you have all your factory recommended maintenance done at Earl Stewart Toyota. Joel said he was not a fan of that program because you have to do all of your service at Earl Stewart Toyota, which, of course, is free for two or three years anyway. But he didn't mention that. And it's only maintenance. It's not repairs. Yeah. He said I could choose to get a tire warranty uh, in finance, buy one, uh, which would allow me to be flexible where I serviced. Uh, we parked the car where we found it, went back inside. That's the new Corolla he was showing me. Joel said uh, he would do everything he could to make this happen for my son. I thanked him. He left to get the numbers. Now goes back to the sales manager. Let the games begin. He returned in seven minutes with a worksheet. The sale price was MSRP, $22,625. That's pretty good. Then, here we go. Did you remember what I said before? They added $2,089 in aftermarkets, which he said, we're not going to do that. But he did. He must have thought I had a short memory. <laughs> and the left-hand column of the worksheet, exterior protection for $995. That's added by the dealer. Appearance package. For seven ninety five, that's added by the dealer, and two hundred ninety nine dollars for formats, which were added by the dealer. Then wait, there's more. 
Then came the $999.95 dealer fee. Why don't they just say a grand? That's easier to say. Psychologically sounds Yes, better. of course, yeah. I told my real selling price was $3,084. My total sale over MSRP. Now, he said we didn't do that 20 minutes ago. Joel's explaining how they don't do any of that. Okay, well, I pointed to the aftermarkets and said, this ain't happening. It's a deal killer. I told him my kid saved a long time to make this purchase, his first car, and this was insulting. Joel said that maybe because the car had just arrived, the packages hadn't been applied. He got up and said he'd be right back. Okay, back. The games continue. He was back in a few minutes. Um... Uh, with another worksheet, and uh, he, he was, was he was he was able to have everything removed except for the two hundred ninety nine dollar floor mats. Very difficult to remove floor mats. I mean, you have to pick them up, take <laughs> them out of the car. All the things that couldn't be you removed. Have to, you have yeah. to take them back to the parts department. Yeah. You, you can't remove the floor mats. Cost on those are, are about one hundred twenty nine dollars. Okay, so that's a huge markup on them. One hundred twenty five dollars, and he's charging you three hundred bucks. Uh, side gave up. If I was really buying, I would have then uh, made them take the mats off. Of course, you could take them out. Uh, the $999.95 dealer fee was still there. And this time, he wanted me to pay $1,300 over MSRP. So, uh, he did not come anywhere near MSRP. Uh, $1,300 above it, to be precise. I said he was closer, but we were still apart. Joel asked me to... You know, he's going at it again. See, the games continue. Round three with the manager, go back to the sales manager. He asked me to sign a commitment that if they beat Earl Stewart's Toyota price, I would buy now. So I signed the commitment, and he actually signed it on the buyer's order. Now, well, I'm thinking to myself, if I violate that agreement, do they sue me? Is it a, is it a legal document? <laughs> <laughs> if you do it on a cocktail napkin, is it, is it a legal document? There you go. <laughs> a moment later, the sales manager, Andy, came over to talk about the deal. He said that in this unusual market, the days of beating another dealer's price are gone. We don't do that anymore. He said, no one is selling below MSRP. Wrong. And you would have to do that uh, to beat ESD, Earl Sturt Toyota's deal. So here we are. He said, I would still buy them, uh, buy from them. Then I believe they offered tremendous value. Then he cited Toyo Guard, which I just uh, told you, they're charging you $699 for Cost the dealer two hundred seventy. Uh, it's about two fifty nine is the cost. Yeah, yeah. two sixty. So, so t- he's marking this up from two sixty uh, to uh, three hundred dollars or seven hundred dollars, and uh, he says that's the reason you should buy it. Not. Andy and Joel handed us their business cards and we left. And that's the shop, and uh, that's the story. And uh, we found out what we wanted to find out. Uh, remember, we grade on the curve. Here at Earl on Cars, and we that, not looking for perfection. That was the uh, the uh, perfect the best sentence. The best phrase was from sales manager Andy. He says the days of going to another dealership to beat your deal are gone. <laughs> yeah, but not forever. Yeah, not forever. that's right. And it's, uh, all the dealers now are making money hand over fist. And the reason they wouldn't sell that Corolla uh, at our price is because they have five people lined up behind them that want the car, and they will pay the asking price. So you just, when you remove competition from the marketplace, and this is where we are now, uh, there is no competition in the marketplace. It's up to you, the buyer, 
to be sure you find your lowest price, whatever it is, we have determined through Mystery Shops on this show that you can find prices very close to MSRP. Actual MSRP is rare, but you can usually find something within a few hundred dollars at MSRP if you work hard enough and get several prices. And uh, that's where we are now. So we're going to count the grays. We're coming in on Facebook, yep. YouTube. And, and you know, I asked you earlier, um, did she literally sign uh, this? Yes. Is it? Uh, uh, Sign it. Uh, it's hard to read, but yeah, difficult. And when am I going to um, put my our magnifying glass away? No, never. Never. <laughs> I digress. Stu. All right, we got some grades coming in uh, from Tim on Facebook. He says not the worst, but still too many games. C minus. On uh, Facebook, also we have from Ken. He says the per- those perfidious scoundrels. I grade a D minus. <laughs> Perfidious. That's great. Um, Andy, Andrew gives him a D. Martha, a D minus. And then over to the texts, Anne Marie says, liar, liar, pants on fire. Not illegal, but really reprehensible. D minus. And Bob gives him an F. That's all I got so far. Um, for me, it's a big swing from the last one. It's a really big. I. I think they're behaving more like a typical dealer in this market um, than they did back in the summer. And so for me, even though none, we don't like these fees and all that, I'm 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 thinking like a C minus maybe. Okay. I'm not failing them. Yeah. I've got uh, Negan with a D minus for dealer fee, E Train with a D plus, Tom a D, addendums and three round trips are old school. Uh, Mark Smith, Old School Tactics, D. Boris with a D. Mark Ryan with a D. Brian with a D. And let's see here. Oh, uh, Tom is asking, pre-delivery service charge violates 501.976? It does. Very astute. Very yeah. good observation because uh, you're not allowed to charge for what the manufacturer is already required to do and reimbursed you for. Toyota paid Bombay's Toyota to do the pre-delivery to check the car over, and then they pay them handsomely, I might add. We get paid every time we prepare a Toyota for delivery. Palm Beach Toyota's paid by Toyota, and now they're double charging, and they're calling it a pre-delivery fee. So it is a violation of the Florida statute. And for me, I'm going to agree with Stu on the C-. minus. Well, guys, too many games. I'm going to give them a D-. minus. I was going to give them a C+, plus, but I changed my mind. I'm going to make it a C-. minus. Because I think about the previous, uh, uh, there was the absolute uh, uh, misinformation, you might want to call it a lie, when the salesperson said that they were... They don't do that. They don't, they don't have addendums. Well, they didn't put the addendum on the, on the windshield. Uh, the physical addendum was That's how he... Uh, yeah, so he rationalized it that way. But I'd rather have it on the windshield where it's more transparent that you can see it than to sneak it on. So you can leave it. without having him yeah. go inside and waste a bunch of time. C minus. Okay, there you have it, folks. Uh, Don't forget to check out Good Dealer, Bad Dealer, and uh, you can check out our overall ratings and uh, get the real deal right there. We want to thank you all for joining us this morning and celebrating Earl Stewart's birthday and being part of this show. We so appreciate all of you. We'll be back right here next week, same time, same station. Have a wonderful weekend. Thank you.